0: Welcome back to Long Distance Work Life, where we help you lead, work, and thrive in remote and hybrid teams. I'm Marissa Eikenberry, a fellow remote worker, and joining me is your beloved host and remote work expert, Wayne Tremell.
1: Say beloved. hi, love Beloved? When did that happen? <laughs> uh, but I'm Wayne, for those of you who don't know, and apparently I'm beloved. I
0: mean, you've been doing this for a while. Sure, let's let's try it.
1: <laughs> I am widely tolerated.
0: Maybe maybe I'll change up my script. <laughs> um. Anyway, to get to our topic today, I thought um, we could talk about, you know, small talk on a remote team so we don't run into people like we used to. So some of the natural small talk that might happen when you pass by somebody's cubicle or you're talking near somebody at lunch, you know, that may have happened. Like, it's not as natural anymore. And sometimes just DMing somebody or sending a private message can feel kind of creepy if it's right out of the blue. So one of the first questions I wanted to ask is, why is small talk important on any kind of team?
1: Well, small talk is important on any kind of team because human beings are essentially social creatures, even introverts. You know, the notion of an introvert is they hide and have people slide food to them under the door (laughs) and they don't want to. Basically, you know, they're quiet, keep to themselves, never bother anybody. It's the same description they give serial killers.
0: I was going to go with moles, but that works too.
1: (laughs) And it's not, it it is not true. Uh, Introverts also at some point require some level of human interaction. It is the amount and type of it that is open to debate.
0: Right. Well, and how we, um, how we recharge afterwards.
1: Exactly right. We have all these weird versions of what, it is, but uh, the, the short version is we are essentially human creatures. We interact in ways that are more than just transactional. That is how we build relationships. It's how we, on a cynical level, figure out how to work with this person, mm-hmm. right? Are they a friendly person? Or are they not a friendly person? Do they have the same sense of humor of my, as mine? Do they not? Do they want to just get down to business and give me the facts Or are they chatty? You don't know those things instinctively. Now, when we work together, we get cues, right? If I start to approach your desk and suddenly you roll your eyes and drop your head to your monitor, (laughs) even my thick skull goes, oh, maybe not the best time to engage in emphatic conversation. That's the cool word for it, by the way. All that stuff that is non-specifically transaction related. Yeah is FATIC, P-H-A-T-I-C.
0: You learn something new every day.
1: The wealth of useless information that I possess.
0: (laughs) Good thing we have a podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Gotta use it somewhere. Um, But FATIC conversation is actually a very human skill. It's the reason we can't help ourselves talking about the weather. Okay. It gives us something where we can meet on a neutral. Common ground about we have agreement about that and from there the conversation continues it's a yeah. reason to start a conversation when we might otherwise not small talk actually serves a very outsized purpose
0: that makes In a lot of
1: sense The thing is, as I say, we get all kinds of cues when we work in the office. Somebody's busy and doesn't want to be bothered. You throw somebody a wave and they give you a big wave and a smile and your brain goes, oh, perhaps I should engage this person in conversation for a bit.
0: Right. Right? Yeah. Or you have a cool shirt on, you know, it's a concert I went to three years ago. I didn't know you liked this band or whatever.
1: Right. But those are the types of things from there we build relationships. And it doesn't mean that you spend a lot of time on this foolish talk that doesn't accomplish anything, but a little bit of it goes a very long way. Absolutely. The problem when you work remotely is that every conversation is intentional. You the don't. You don't send a text message by accident,
0: right? There's a purpose to it.
1: It takes time. You need to go. Oh, I want to engage this person. I right. must type it out, and then hit send. Right there it is
0: right. Well, because even if even if you're just typing, you know, hey, like what you're really hoping is for. Man, eh, I need some social interaction right now. Even exactly. then, it's transactional. Right.
1: Well, but here's the thing. Transaction is basically data transfer and level one communication. OK. Right. It's the very, very send me that file, the file arrives. OK. Please send me that file. Little nicer. It, how you doing? Would you mind when you have time? Can you send me that file? Okay. Right. All of those things are varying levels of social interaction tied to the same request.
0: Yes. Sometimes I'm really good at the first one and not so good at the second. I'm going to be honest.
1: (laughs) Exactly right. We all have our own individual style. And so, but the question, of course, is how do you learn somebody's style without those interactions? Mm hmm. And that's where, especially at the beginning, frequency of communication matters. The more you interact with somebody, frequent, short communication, the more you start to pick up the cues.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. You get to know the person more.
1: That's why one of the things we do, and I know people on this podcast have heard us talk about this before. First thing when you join our team is your first assignment is a half hour webcam conversation with every member of the team, whether that's somebody that you will interact with every day or not. Right. Otherwise, I join the team. I'm on the monthly call. Hey, Wayne, just joined the team. Everybody says hi, Wayne. And I never again speak to you or Lisa or Angie because Which is so unfortunate because
0: they are such great people.
1: (laughs) A hundred percent agree with you. But there's no reason. And for those of you listening, you can't hear me using air quotes. There's no reason for us to interact. At the office, we wouldn't need a reason. I pass by your desk. I say hello.
0: Exactly. Yeah. How was your weekend? What did you do?
1: Now, the question for all of this because people are sitting there right now screaming at their devices going, okay, we get it. What do we do about it?
0: Right. I was going to say the next question I had for you was like, okay, but like, you know, do you have some of some tips for us that, you know, we might feel worried about feeling weird or doing some of these smaller interactions? How do we start that? Especially if we've not been doing it before.
1: Yeah. I think that part of it is the really in-depth actually starting the conversation helps if you're having a conversation so for example i might send you a chat message that mm-hmm. says uh i need this file edited right by the end of the day but being a reasonable human being i might start with a hey how are
0: right. you mind,
1: right you're right Right. If we were talking, I would probably say, hey, how are you? Wait for a response.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Right? I'm good. I'm fine. Oh, she's good. How was your weekend? Right. A little more conversation, right? Because we're good at that. Yeah. Or,
0: hey, I saw this picture on Facebook. That, you know, event looked really cool or something.
1: Yeah. We know how that works. Yes. When we work in text... And this is why I'm so obsessed with the fact that we have changed our primary form of communication and other people don't think it's a big deal. I happen to think it's huge yeah. because that casual back and forth is less natural. So I actually make a point. I don't know if you've noticed it or not. Okay. Uh, sometimes when I interact with you, I'm like, hey, here's what I need. Boom, boom, boom. And we send it. And sometimes I will start with, how was your weekend? Yes, I've noticed that. that you said, something that you said in your, like your plans for the weekend, you and Parker were going to do something, my brain says, I should ask how that went.
0: Yeah, or hey, I knew you were going to go see a movie. I've also noticed that you will sometimes do this after you ask for a request. Um, you don't always start there, but you also know I'm task oriented, so it. Also kind of makes sense to do it the other way around.
1: And that's where getting to know your teammates work style is really important because with where we are in the organization and our various roles, whenever I reach out to you, the first thing that goes through your brain, I'm guessing, is what does he want now?
0: <laughs> Not exactly, but yes.
1: The <laughs> what can I do for question you? Is is identical. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What can I do for you? What is the task for me? Yeah. Is essentially where I'm going with it. And yeah. so
1: if I don't answer that, if I start with, hey, how you doing? How's your weekend? What's Parker working on? You know, blah, blah. I'm blah, instantly
0: going to go, okay, but where's this going? Yeah,
1: you're just going, yeah, okay, old oh man, come on, get to the point.
0: <laughs> A little bit, yeah.
1: <laughs> Whereas I have engaged you, I've removed that question mark from your head.
0: Yes. <laughs> right. And so now we can have the social conversation. You now
1: have some bandwidth. I can engage in a little bit of conversation with you. Mm-hmm. And I know when you're done.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so true.
1: Now, it helps that usually when we chat, we're doing it on Zoom.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's some text chatting, but usually it's a Zoom call.
1: Well, there's some text chatting or, you know, you're in a position where you camera isn't a great idea or whatever and we've both been there well of course and we've worked together often enough that if somebody says i'm not camera worthy we're good with
0: it. yeah it's not a huge deal
1: but because i can see you i can tell when you are done with that part of the conversation
0: yes (laughs) my face kind of gives it away
1: (laughs) and your face and your voice and all that stuff and it helps that I can see your face. That is additional information with me. Right. Now, it's also tied to the fact that we are very conscious of each other's work styles. Now, for those of you listening to this, uh, we use DISC internally. As a matter of fact, uh, we have a site where you can actually access DISC assessments and reports. That URL, Marissa, is?
0: discpersonalitytesting.com.
1: See, uh, and so we're familiar with each other's disc styles. And I know I would approach you differently than I approach Marlene differently than I approach Guy Harris. Absolutely. Um, and, But if I'm new to the organization, I don't have that information.
0: Right, and if, you know, they ask me a question and I just come back with an answer, no emoji, no hi, good morning, how are you, whatever, I'm now seen as snarky, but that, to me, I see it as you asked me a question. I gave you the answer,
1: and that is why I have become so much more tolerant now of things like emojis and gifs or gifs or whatever. yeah. <laughs> For me, it's gif because it's graphic and gif is peanut butter. But nobody asked my opinion.
0: It's all good. I refer to them as gifs. But I actually wanted to talk to you about those a little bit, too.
1: Well, but one conversation leads to the other, because why do perfect, perfectly rational, grown up humans use little yellow dots with expressions on them? And and, you know, videos of pandas face palming, (laughs) whatever it is that they use. Why do we use that? We do that because written communication is inherently wide in scope and low in richness.
0: Absolutely. It doesn't quite make you laugh the same way.
1: (laughs) Well, if you say, um, can I talk to you for a second? And I respond, sure, I have nothing better to do. (laughs) Yes. That could legitimately mean I have nothing better to do or it could mean, are you in it? Yeah, I got nothing better to do but talk to you. Exactly. Depending on your experience with me, I may hear either of those answers <laughs> in my yes. head, right? If I say, yeah, I have nothing better to do and there's a winky face or my personal favorite, which is the guy in sunglasses looking cool, you know, um, he's being Wayne. Okay.
0: Yeah, so he's being snarky. It's fine.
1: <laughs> right. Um, so it's an attempt to add richness and context to written communication, which otherwise lacks it. Absolutely. And so to get to the beginning of this conversation, uh, he says desperately trying <laughs> to create a common theme. <laughs> um, you know, it's that small talk, it's that that sense of humor thing, it's that adding a little bit to the conversation beyond just the transaction. Because if I put something silly, if I put a GIF, gif. Short video clip uh, attached to something or uh, a laughing smiley face or whatever it is, you can then choose to respond or not to that. And they may open a whole other conversation.
0: Yeah, I may react with a GIF like, if you post it on Slack, but I may not right. actually react. And there are people
1: whose GIFs game is really strong. Oh, yes. And there are other people who, do- who don't. They never use it, they, they despise it. <laughs> They despise it for whatever reason. Um, But over time, that's how we get to know each other. It's like using the chat in meetings. I am a huge fan of chat because if we were in a meeting, Mm -hmm. I might lean over to you and ask you a question or I might lean over to you and make a joke or I might bust Kevin's chops about something in a good natured way. That's what happens in a meeting.
0: But you're not going to do that over Zoom.
1: I might not do that in Zoom because it's awkward and the timing is strange, but somebody puts a joke in the chat and some other people build on it and they respond and that helps build the relationship and, and makes things less miserable. I mean, one thing about work, it's funny, my motto in life is the same as my motto in work, which is pain is inevitable, misery is optional.
0: I have heard that once or twice. (laughs)
1: it's true right meetings are painful when you just work 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 all the time and everything is transactional and it's no fun
0: yeah it takes all the fun out of it so to speak
1: everybody has a tolerance level some people have a really low tolerance Mm -hmm. if i'm not having fun it's really hard for me to concentrate and stay with the program. There are other people who are quite happy to be miserable for a long period of time, but eventually they have a breaking point. Everybody does. Yes. So all of these things, emojis and GIFs and asking how the cat is and all of these types of things serve a purpose. The magic is to. Figure out the right amount, right? What is the formula for this interaction for this person?
0: Yes, because there are some people, like you said earlier, like there are some people on our team I don't send a GIF to because it's not going to be it's not going to make as much sense. They're not going to appreciate it as much. I have other people on the team that they ask me for something. And instead of just saying, you're welcome, I will find a GIF of somebody saying, you're welcome, just to add a little bit of humor to things.
1: Right. And so as I look at the time and thinking that we need to wrap up this conversation, it's really about how are we consciously building connections and then maintaining them. And that's the thing. What we have learned since the pandemic is teams that were strong prior to the pandemic have tended to stay that way. If those existing relationships were there, Unless something dramatic happens to create a rift. Of course, we've probably been able to coast and maintain that. The challenge is what do you do with those new team members? What do you do with those people for whom you don't have those existing relationships? And how do you consciously form those in order to be a better teammate in order to jumpstart those relationships. And by the way, and this is the last thing I'm gonna say on this, and then you're gonna do a brilliant wrap up and we're done. Okay. It is both parties responsibility to form that relationship. It is both parties relate responsibility to at least occasionally say, how's it going? Absolutely. If I'm doing all the work, And I'm getting monosyllabic responses and you don't really care. Eventually, I'm going to adjust to what I'm getting from you.
0: Yeah, you're going to stop asking.
1: So if you are new to the team and you're trying to jumpstart those relationships, you need to be proactive about that. If you are already comfortably on the team, it is your job as a teammate to help incorporate and bring on board those new people and that may be you need to take an extra minute from your request and ask how they are before demand they get something to you
0: yes <laughs> absolutely thank you so much for answering uh our, my questions today wayne because this was a great conversation. I wish we had more time to devote to it. Uh, well, you know that's me. literally
1: my job, right?
0: Uh, well, I'm aware. <laughs> I'm still thanking you for it. Why? Because I'm trying to create small talk here. Um,
1: <laughs> Nicely done. I'll,
0: I'll always have to have a callback, right?
1: But you will be.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Long Distance Work Life. For show notes, transcripts, and other resources, make sure to visit longdistanceworklife.com. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, be sure to like and review. That helps our show reach more teammates and leaders just like you. Feel free to contact us via email or LinkedIn with the links in our show notes. Let us know you listen to this episode or even suggest a topic for Wayne and I to tackle in a future episode. And lastly, if you'd like to gain greater confidence with your virtual team, sign up for our demystifying remote leadership video series at long distance slash video. Thanks for joining us. And as Wayne likes to say, don't let the weasels get you down.